0: Hi, this is Susan. Thanks for joining me again as I think aloud about all things languages and offer my ideas as a sort of thinking board for you to bounce your ideas from. I don't edit this, so it's very much how it comes out and that's mainly because I just don't have time to do all of the editing, take out the arms, take out the spaces. You might find that my thinking is not perfectly smooth. Um, I'm doing my best and I hope that the ideas sharing will come across as authentic. Also, this these ideas don't necessarily reflect the thoughts of Dossel, which is Diocese of Sale Catholic Education Limited. My thinking today is around reading and particularly for script languages, but I think a lot of this also applies for languages that use the same alphabet that English uses. And I said that very specifically because the sound combinations in French and Italian and even Spanish are not necessarily the ones that we expect if we're bringing our English language skills together. So even when we're working in a language that has a Roman script, there are new learnings that need to happen as we read that language, especially if we're going to be careful about how we're pronouncing things. I want to go back to the script languages. When we're teaching those script languages, there's a lot of learning that goes on at the same time. Students need to learn and become familiar with the shapes, the new shapes. They need to understand the order of the strokes. They need to connect those new shapes to a meaning and they need to connect those new shapes to a sound. So there's a lot of decoding that goes on and the cognitive overload can be quite high. So... I'm going to describe to you a couple of ideas about how to go about teaching those which is not just about having flashcards and tests. My main thought is to teach it in context. Whatever it is that you're focusing on as your language communication for that particular topic and I don't like topics generally but for that language communication of that unit, let's say. Then teach the writing that goes with what you want the students to be able to say and read. If, for example, my focus is on saying like, then I want to teach the type of writing that goes with a sentence about like. In Japanese, the main focus then is going to be on the hiragana that go together for that sentence, and also the kanji, which is the Chinese originally script, which goes in that sentence. I like to use the script that would be normally placed in a sentence in a Japanese context. If we're talking about the Chinese language, Mandarin, then you've got quite a few pieces of script that you're going to be teaching at the same time. I'll use the Japanese example because that's the one I'm most familiar with. So I would create the possibility of of recognising first which words which, and one-to-one finger-pointing of a clear sentence. So I might have a sentence like, I like apples. Ringo ga ski. I would help give the students that as a written form and help them to -to one-to-one finger point the word that they're saying as they say it. So at a word level first and often I'll color code the words so that they're really clear about which words which because Japanese and Chinese does not have spaces between words. Once they can finger-point ringo and say ringo at the same time, ga, ski, des, then we can break it up into the letter sounds. And for Chinese, there are some words which have two characters in them, so you'll need to do this in Chinese as well. So then we do finger-pointing at the letter level, ri, n, Go, ga, su, ki, de, su. Okay. If it was Chinese, you would be breaking it up into ping, guo, Shi, wan. I might have got my toes slightly wrong, but you understand what I'm talking about. So break it up first to the word level, second to the letter level. If you're working with a Roman script, break it up into the word level, obviously, and you've got the spaces between words to make that easy. But also break it up into the sound level. If there's a combination of letters that make a particular sound, maybe write them in a different colour or underline them, break them up in whatever way makes sense for you. So chiamo is... Might be k, i, a, mo, for example, or ki, a. I'm not an Italian speaker. You will make more sense of it than me. But break it up into the sound bites so that the students know which combination of romanized letters make what sound. Because the ch, of course, is not a ch sound in those languages. So. Once they can do one-to-one pointing, I do sometimes use flashcards. Please don't hear that I don't like flashcards. They are useful. But what I find much more exciting for students and for me is to ask them to point to random words or random letters so that they're beginning to identify the shapes of the words or letters and they can then isolate those at a recognition level. So I might give them more than just one sentence. I might give them six or seven sentences and it might not just be about like. Which of the words in this book or page or whatever says ski? Can you point to it? Let them have a bit of a race Whatever you like, so that they're beginning to identify that particular word at a recognition level. After they're recognizing the keywords of what you're trying to teach, I recommend delayed copying. Delayed copying is when students aren't actually looking at the thing that they're copying. So let them look at it first. Let them move away from where that particular thing is written and then write it down. Leaving the pencil or whiteboards or whatever it is that they're using to write with, leaving them maybe one end of the room and having the um, characters or the words or the letters at the other end of the room. So students can go back and have a look again. That's really important because the second time they go to look at it, they're going to find details about that particular character or word that they might not have noticed the first time. So their aim is to copy it as accurately as possible. Now, I'm just imagining all the Chinese and Japanese teachers going, what about stroke order? Which is absolutely correct. What I do with stroke order, after they've got a little bit of a sense of what the shape of the word is, then I do a very, very direct teaching event where I have all of the students watching me as I do each stroke. And if it's a long character with a lot of strokes, I might even do half a character or a couple of stroke a strokes at a time, and being very specific about the direction of those strokes and so forth as well. Then I ask the students to keep on writing the same character over and over and over so I get a chance to scan. Oh, I do ask them to do it on whiteboards so it's really easy for me to scan at a distance. I can then scan and watch each child creating that particular letter or word on their whiteboards with the correct stroke order. And if it's not yet correct, then we wipe the whiteboards. We have another go. I direct teach the stroke order again, and then they have a go at doing it. The differentiation is in the accuracy. Can students get that stroke order really, really accurate? And accurate is not just having the right strokes, but having the Right size of the character in comparison to other characters, having the right proportion and angle of the strokes, having the right flicks and um, nuance of how the curve goes in a particular stroke. So, students who are quite capable of writing the letter su in ski as a kanji, for example, might not yet be writing it with the sort of accuracy that They could. So, to get that accuracy really, really high, it gives the students who are still learning what the shape of the letter is lots of time to practice. So, if I'm doing that sort of direct teaching, a student might write the character at least 20 times, at least for students who are really, really struggling, at least five times. Um, And some of the students will go even more character more times than that. It doesn't matter that they're writing the same character over and over and they know the character by the time that they're finished the session because that fluency of writing it over and over will help embed the stroke order. So that's a couple of ideas for teaching reading and writing using characters and I'm hoping that the teachers who have Roman languages can also see how that can work for them. See you soon and we'll talk about something else next time. Whatever's on my mind.